Six ways to be more inclusive with your content with Sarah McDowell. The In Search SEO podcast is brought to you by Rank Ranger, the all-in-one SEO platform that helps skill your business through data and analytics. It's David. Are you unintentionally turning off a significant chunk of your target audience by publishing content that isn't inclusive? How can you turn this around and make sure that you appeal to as many people as possible? That's what we're discussing today with a fellow podcaster, writing SEO speaker and coffee addict. She's a former SEO at Holland and Barrett and the current search engine optimization manager at Captivate. A warm welcome to the InSearch SEO podcast, Sarah McDowell. Hello, hello. Hello, hello. That was a very um, professional grab of your microphone there, Sarah. Uh, yes. Good to have you on board there. <laughs> I want people to think I'm professional. Absolutely, yeah. Even if they're just uh, listening as opposed to, to, to watching, I just wanted to describe the situation. Um, I want to say that you can find Sarah over at Captivate.fm. So Sarah, what does it mean to make your content more inclusive and why is this important? So I suppose... So I'm sort of uh, going to be talking about this or looking at it from an angle of LGBTQ plus. And yeah, it's just about making sure that we're not alienating people from lots of different backgrounds. Um, and it's also to make sure that there's like a true representation of all the different p- types of people that we have in society. Mm. So two main things there, I suppose. Yeah, so not alienating uh, people and making sure that there's um, a good representation of people within the community. Sounds eminently sensible. So uh, today you're sharing six ways to be more inclusive with your content. So starting off with number one, inclusive language. Yes, yes. So inclusive language is so important. It's so, so important. And yeah, and this is a great first. So if you're wanting to be more inclusive with your website, this is a great first uh, place to start. Um, And it's just about thinking about the the language that you're using on your website. Um, So obviously, for example, instead of uh, mum and dad, parent instead of he she they there do you know what I mean so it's about having a having a think of that inclusive language that you can use Um, and I get that maybe for like keyword optimization you might want to use mum or dad so we're coming up to Christmas right and you might want to have uh, gifts for dad but it's just about making sure that we come away from only talking about that and making sure that we mix it up and include the inclusive language as well And I also just want to quickly talk about something that's called um, compulsory heterosexuality, uh, or as the cool kids like to say, comp het. I always have to do like a head head thing when I say comp het. And yeah, and this then this um, feeds into the inclusive language, right? So compulsory heterosexuality is just like expecting that everyone's heterosexual until they say when that's not really the case and we need to be a bit more open-minded okay like and not just think straight to that so yes I may have uh, blabbed a bit on the first point but hopefully no, not at all listen I, I even want to expand a little bit more into it and it's, it's the kind of point that you could actually have a deeper conversation about just in itself the point that I was thinking of is traditionally marketers and content writers have a buyer persona in mind and quite often just one buyer persona in mind does this mean that the days of having a singular buyer persona is 
perhaps numbered and there needs to be a better way to actually approach um, the target customer? I think it's always worthwhile having buyer personas, right? Because I understand that um, if you there's there's value in niching down and really understanding your audience and don't get me wrong but I suppose it's just about making sure that we're open-minded when we're thinking about our personas and mm-hmm. making sure that it includes people from the community and if we are making sure then that we it does include personas of the community we need to be thinking about the inclusive language. Are there specialist editors that um, focus on getting this right? Because I, w- I would think there's some copywriters out there that have done this for quite a while, maybe focusing on themselves or focusing on one particular person in mind. And it might not be immediately obvious to them that they are alienating people. So are, are there specialist copywriters or editors that can help with this? I mean, I haven't seen any specialist. I mean, I've not really looked into it myself. I think for me, because... A good service, I would thought. <laughs> definitely, definitely. Um, hopefully it's given some people some ideas, some listeners some ideas, right? Um, but I suppose we all need to be a bit better, I suppose, at like thinking about these things, okay? Uh, like obviously, so I'm part of the LGBTQ plus community. So maybe I'm thinking about that more or it's more in my head. But I think by having these conversations and the conversations that we're having now like within this podcast it helps make this like so less that there's a specialist service or someone has to do this but it's more just part of content writing and when you're Mm -hmm. optimizing or when you're thinking about accessibility do you know what I mean it's just another thing that you're thinking about so I would love to see that it's just like it gets a bit ingrained in people or people are just more aware to it because yeah I completely get that some people aren't doing um like by not using inclusive language it's normally not malicious right (laughs) but it's more just like you're just not thinking um and I get that but that's why these conversations are important and representation so um within your content teams right have you got people that are from the lgbtq plus community or can you reach out sort of thing so i tell you what there are many follow-up questions that spring to mind such as optimizing for google and obviously keyword research tools indicating that there are higher search volumes for phraseology that um isn't so appropriate potentially uh, i mean you mentioned mom and dad rather than parent as well as well but um and you also mentioned the importance of perhaps retaining those kind of words to actually optimize for different keyword phrases so perhaps actually we can actually park that thought and ideally pick it up on a future episode and perhaps have you uh, even back to discuss that further but let's move on to number two for the moment inclusive imagery yes yes so this is another big one as well uh so there has been times where I've gone on a website, um, so maybe like it's like I'm feeling poorly and I'm like Googling my symptoms or I'm doing research on presence and stuff or there's lifestyle blogs and the imagery that I'm coming across is, um, especially if it's about relationships, right, for example... Mm. A lot of that will be straight couples, heterosexual couples, right? Uh, So again, it's just another opportunity where we can make sure that we're not alienating people. And I sound like a broken record. (laughs) And we are representing the community by ensuring that we've got a wide range of imagery that we're using. And it needs to be diverse, okay? So when we are uh, looking at like, 
I guess normally, um, so in an ideal world, you have your own pictures that you'd use, I suppose. But uh, stock imagery, I get that a lot of websites are using that. Um, and there's lots of great resources out. Like if you do a Google search of inclusive stock imagery or so, for example, and I can provide a link because Vice have a good collection of stock photos that cover a lot of different topics like lifestyle, technology, school, work. So I can send that link across if you wanted to include it in the uh, resources of this episode or the show notes should I say but yeah but have a google and just just be mindful that when you're picking images is there a good representation or a good way of looking at that is maybe you've got a category on your on your website uh, for for your different subjects that you talk about and maybe you've got a category of um, and you've got lots of pictures of for your images and your your blog titles have a scan and have a look and see if they are diverse so again similar to the language it's just about being aware of this and making sure that we're really representing all different types of people uh, within our imagery that we use for our website and number three be careful of alienating people with gender reforms and security practices Yes, so this is another another big one. Um, so, for example, if you're signing up to something, there might be a security practice such as, uh, what is your mother's maiden name, right? I, I see that quite a lot. And there's a lot of reasons why people might not have a mother. So, for example, someone might have two fathers, right? So, <laughs> so you can see how that's quite alienating towards that person. And then the other big one is gender. Uh, so first things first, gender is a quite personal question, uh, especially to those who are trans, for example. Like, And it's a quite hard question to answer so first things first if you are asking for gender do you need that information okay do you need that is it going to help you and if you do need it um, you should have like a bit of description somewhere on the form saying why what are you going to do with that information because then that person who is given that information that feel a bit nervous about it they know why do you know what I mean like once you know why you're given personal information and you you know why you need to do it you're more likely yeah. to feel comfortable so yeah and then just make sure as well that on the form it's not just male female and prefer not to say because uh you might think ah oh, prefer not to say that's incorporated or incorporating them all but again that's really alienating towards uh someone that doesn't fit within male or female if they've only got prefer not to say because they might want to say, but they just don't have the option. And mm -hmm. I see a lot of these forms. And again, I know it's not malicious and, it, and it's just an overthought. Like people just aren't thinking. Bring us up to number four, keywords. Keywords, yes. So uh, here, you need to be careful. So uh, if you do sell products or services for the community, if you legitimately sell products for the community, do your keyword research and find out what people are searching from the community, which you should be coming up for, right? So do the research. I did a talk at Brighton SEO, I think it was last year now, um, but I spoke about how to be an LGBTQ plus ally. And I made the joke about, don't just say, for example, ah, oh, I'm selling 
soup for lesbians, lesbian soup, right? Like that's the only joke that I could think about. But then it did remind me that uh, Marks and Spencer's got into hot water because for uh, during Pride a couple of years ago, I can't remember what year it was, they did a different take on the BLT and called it the LGBT and basically made a sandwich based on those. So it was like lettuce, lettuce guacamole, LG, uh don't know what the B, bacon and tomato. There we go. And they got in hot water. Like, yes, Marks and Spencer's did like, so every sandwich that was bought, some of it went to charity, but I think it didn't sit right with some people of the community. Use a bit of common sense. Um, Is actually something of value um, that you're offering or are you just trying to gain some cheap PR out of it? Exactly, exactly. And, and again, it does remind me about not jumping on the pride bandwagon, right? And again, this is a big topic. Um, but every year when pride happens, uh, we see quite a few companies jumping on the bandwagon because they kind of see it as a, ah, oh, we can slap on a rainbow and sell some more products when that isn't the, po- that isn't the point, okay? Like if you want to get involved in pride, Yes, do, but make sure it's for the right reasons. Maybe you want to raise awareness about a topic, for example. So it kind of feeds into that as well. And that kind of feeds into point number five, showing support on your website. Um, And then you've got search function as well. Yes, yes. So if you decide that, okay, um, so for example, Starbucks, again, a couple years ago, they did something good and it was received well within the community, but they partnered with a charity called Mermaids um, and they're an LGBTQ plus charity and they paired with them and they did an ad campaign to show the big significance of someone presenting a new name for the first time. So obviously, uh, for example, in the trans community, and they did that by someone going to Starbucks and you know how they ask for your name to put on the cup. Uh, They were presenting a new name for the first time and that was a real big step. And like, yeah, that went down really well with the community because one, they paired with the charity who knew that they were talking about and they used it as an opportunity to raise awareness. And they also, they raised money uh, for charity and all that good stuff. Um, so by all means, if you're doing stuff uh, for the community that's relevant to your business, make sure that you're shouting about it on your website. So like have a dedicated page somewhere that talks about what you're doing and why. And again, that will show to the community that you're being supportive right and then with the search function as well uh, so a lot of websites have a search bit where you can type in anything that bring back relevant searches again if you've got content that's relevant to the lgbtq plus community make sure it's being found so for example have a test on your website and type in gay for example see what that brings back and if it doesn't bring anything back but you know you've got content that's relevant then that's where you need to have a look at okay how can you do that better and that brings us up to number six link out to resources Yes, yeah. So this is another way that we can support the LGBTQ plus community. So again, like the idea isn't for you to link out to all the resources that you possibly can. They need to be relevant to your business and what you do. Um, So for example, maybe you're in the travel sector. Unfortunately, uh, it's very sad to say this, but it's not uh, safe for 
the LGBTQ plus community to travel everywhere in the UK. Uh, sorry, not in the UK, in the world. Sorry, in the world. <laughs> Make sure I get that right. And that is sad. Um, so if you are in the travel sector, maybe you can link out to a resource where uh, there's a map and um, it's colour coded in like green where it's like very friendly for the LGBTQ plus community. Uh, orange or amber could be they're okay, but there's some issues and red is it's illegal sort of thing. So have a think of things that you can do or say you're in the beauty sector, right? Maybe you can link out to beauty products or resources where you know the business owners are from the LGBTQ plus community. So just have a think of ways that you can support the LGBTQ plus community by either making things safe for them or um, showing support to other businesses and professionals or people that are in the community. Great advice. Let's finish off with the Pareto Pickle. So Pareto says that you can get 80% of your results from 20% of your efforts. What's one SEO activity that you would recommend that provides incredible results for modest levels of effort? I love this question and I loved your, uh, um, what you call it? Finger your... movement. <laughs> yeah. not, so, not so much the finger movement, but the, but the voiceover. There we go. Uh, there we go. Uh, that, that, that's, the, that's what I was going for. Love this question. Um, so I would recommend, uh, so where, look at where you have content that is ranking um, let's say in position one or you've got a featured snippet right mm -hmm. you've already got that position and you've already got that ranking um have a look at how you can increase click-through rates right so normally um a tactic that um seos do or content marketers or whatever uh do is look for low-hanging fruit opportunities uh so where you're ranking lower on page one of google or even page two um while that's a great tactic you can even get good results or better results from looking at where you've already got a feature snippet or you're ranking in, in number one because you you always want to look at how you can increase click-through rate so clicks right so for example where you've got a featured snippet can you better answer or can you increase the click-through rate somehow um is there something that you can entice people so yeah like with low hanging fruit it's a good tactic but also look at where you're already ranking really well because you've already got that first position it's a no-brainer to increase the clicks even more i've been your host david bain you can find sarah mcdowell over at captivate.fm sarah thanks so much for being on the in search seo podcast thank you very much for having me and thank you for listening check out all the previous episodes and sign up for a free trial of the rank ranger platform over at rankranger.com. Yeah.